0: So in April, when everybody canceled, like everybody, I was easily able to pivot and just list the properties as month-to-month rentals, not on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And I was able to get them all re-rented with zero loss of income. That would not have happened with the long-term rentals.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Short Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E?
2: My brother, how are you today?
1: I am fantastic. Uh things are things are good, man. I took a little time today and test drove a new truck, which was really fun.
2: So I know I it saw fun. it. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. That um I don't know if you know this story, but when I bought my house in my HOA, I made the mistake of not really fine reading the fine print of my HOA rules. And it said in there that you're not allowed to have commercial vehicles. So it's like, okay, this is my own personal truck. And then the moment I bought the house, they're like, oh, by the way, you're going to have to actually sell your truck because you can't have that here. So I've been longing for a truck ever since, but I've been in this house now for like five years. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous, um, but <laughs> moving on. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Florida is number one undisputed for COVID cases because nice.
1: congratulations as,
2: as Ricky Bobby says if you ain't first you're last right so we are first nice. ladies and gentlemen so we're we're doing great um but other than that dude short term rentals are still alive and kicking like we're getting bookings left and right the real estate That's market it. it's insanity so it's we're good life is good awesome. and i'm so excited for our episode today cuz my girl jay we've been we've been we've been talking for a minute and she's been, she's been doing some awesome things. So I'm, I'm really excited that we're going to bring her on. Um, and it's a completely new perspective than some of our other guests that we've had. Um, so I'm really excited to bring her perspective and her unique experience to, to our, to our listeners. So it's going to be, it's going to be good.
1: Yeah. So let me, let me roll her bio and then uh, we will turn it over to her. So, Jay Geronda Perry has been active in residential real estate for over 15 years. She bought her first house at 23 years old and worked for a boutique firm for starting her own property management and brokerage firm called Prosperity Homes in 2011. Uh, They have a very unique business model. The company signs a lease with the property owner that gives the company the right to sublet it, while the owner gets guaranteed rent for up to three years. Ms. Perry deeply enjoys turning houses into homes and providing clients with affordable short-term housing, as well as helping others learn from her mistakes. In addition to her real estate work, she works full time as a computer systems engineer and is a proud auntie to five nephews and two nieces. What? So, hell of a bio, a lot going on, and I'm super excited to bring her on. What's going on, Jay? Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks so much, guys. It's great to be here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I can. Believe. Been a long time coming. Yeah, it has. It yeah. Sure has. And uh, so, me and Jay Matt, back in 2016. And at the time, she had a decent amount of properties already, and she still had this this full time job. And I can't believe you still have both. Like I can't believe you're somehow managing to juggle everything. Um. So why don't you kind of walk us through that, right, 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 off the start, right? Like how do you how do you do it, Jay? Like how do you have? 70 units that you manage plus a full-time job and nieces and nephews. Like, I would never have time to see anybody if I had all of that into my plate.
0: Um, to be honest, my personal life is negligible. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I do it. To be perfectly honest. Um, I don't see that my nieces and nephews as much as I'd like because of that because if I'm most of the time I'm working in one capacity or the other. Mm. But um, what I do brings me a lot of joy. So it doesn't always feel like working. I think if it feels like working all the time, it doesn't work.
2: Mm. Like yeah. you'll
0: never, you'll never be able to do it.
2: Yeah. We're two minutes into the podcast here. It dropped the bomb. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, it's,
0: it's the best feeling in the world when like somebody just sends me a message on, Airbnb or an email or a text and it's like, Jay, this house is the greatest. Everything I could possibly need is here. And I'm like, yay, winning! (laughs) Because that's what I want. Because we've all seen those properties that don't have everything you need and it's little things like, I could really use a safety pin because I ripped the hem out of my jeans or something, like something silly. So that's what our focus is. We want people to be able to move in. Like you just bring your suitcase and that's it.
1: Everything else you could possibly need is there. Mm. So let's take us back to the beginning of you getting into building up prosperity homes. And what did that look like? Cause you have a blended portfolio and I want to, I want to kind of pull the onion back on that to, to explore what that looks like and how you, the pros and cons to each model of, you know, traditional property management for long-term rentals versus the short-term and how you manage all that and what your team looks like. So, take us back to the beginning and kind of walk us through, you know, how did you get your first management client and how did you break that off into short-term versus long-term rentals?
0: Very beginning. So, I have rental properties of my own and I moved out of the country for a while and so I had like four different property managers. And I was unhappy with all of them. And I was racking my brain. I was like, what is, what is it? What is it that is just making this not work? And then I realized most property management companies don't care as much as the owner does because they don't have skin in the game. Mm. In general, they get paid regardless of what happens, regardless of whether the, the, the tenant is happy and the repairs take place in a timely manner. Like they got paid even when I didn't. And I had issues with that so i've been reading bigger pockets i've been reading the blog the blog and i ran across a random article about master leasing and i was like huh that's interesting i like that concept master leasing is very simply you have a lease on any property it's mostly using commercial properties for like shopping centers and things like that we're just using it in a residential construct but you have a lease and that lease gives you the right to sublet the property. That is the simplest definition of a master lease. So I read that article and I was like, oh, that's cool. And the article had a template attached to it. I saved it. Didn't think too much of it. And then one of my coworkers mentioned that she was going to rent her condo and move it, like, by a single family. And I was like, huh. Oh, why don't you rent it to me? And she was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Plus, this lady was hardcore. I knew that if I messed anything up, she could, would potentially stab me. So I knew I had to bring my A-game. So um, I am so thankful for the faith that she put in me because she started this whole thing. Mm. And so she told a friend. And then before I knew it, I had 10 properties I was managing. And I was like, shiggy, I guess I have a company. Mm.
1: Huh.
0: So it happened kind of accident not as on purpose as in hindsight, I would have preferred. But um, I think everything happens for a reason. And the thing that I have to remind myself is sometimes it's not about where you are at the moment. It's about being in the right place to get an invitation to the next party. Mm, And if I hadn't started there, Short-term mm. rentals would never be on my radar and I wouldn't have already had the infrastructure in place to pivot to short-term rentals.
1: Yeah. So the first one you master leased from her and then you put it up on Airbnb or how did, how did that work?
0: So the, no, I, so I originally just master leased and did long-term rentals. Got it. And then as Airbnb got a bit more um, brand awareness, I was like, huh, I wonder if this could work for us. Even though- I do not live in DC proper. I live in Maryland, so I don't live near the vacation area, but I do live near, um, a large military base. So there's constantly people in and out. So I was like, let me test this. So I turned my condo into a furnished rental. I depersonalized it and made sure everything was, that was, they could possibly be, it was there. And I tested the concept for I was planning to only do it for three months, but the lady who moved here loved it and stayed for six and I was like, Man, I don't have a house. Where am I gonna live? But it worked and it proved that, oh, this can be done, it's profitable. Like and then I thought, hmm, let's do a few more. Mm.
1: Mm. So I we're love doing it. I, yeah. I I just wanna confirm because I'm trying to understand. So you master leased it, say for I don't know, a thousand bucks. And then right. you rented it out on a long-term basis for what, like 1200 or something. So you made a little bit of profit. How did that okay, so, work?
0: So let me explain that part. The, the way it works with the master lease is I learned very quickly after the first one or two that I could not tell the owner I pay them a thousand and then just assume I can make 1200 I had to let the market decide what the rent was going to be. So the way it works is when we sign a master lease with the owner um, for a long-term rental, I haven't done this specifically for a short-term rental, but for a long-term rental, um, it's based on what the market can support. So we we list the property for rent and we make sure it's as shiny and sparkly as possible so that it rents for the highest amount possible. And then we take 15% off of that.
1: Got it. So is is that a true master lease?
0: Depends on your point of view.
1: So you don't negotiate a rate at first. You just say, I'm going to rent your property out and I'm going to take 15% essentially.
0: Well, so everybody's really clear up front on what the probable amounts will be. I'm a realtor. I can run the comparables and give them, hey, this is how much it's likely to rent for. And then we're going to take 15% off the top. Got it. Are you good with that? Okay. If they are, we move forward. We sign a letter of intent and then we... Um, sign the lease with the owner once the occupant has been located.
2: Got it. So what does that, um, what do you, you have to do? So like for that 15%, do you cover the cost of repairs? Do you cover certain things? Or literally does that get all passed on to the owner?
0: So we are responsible for any tenant cause damage, but normal repairs and maintenance are on the owner. The reason we charge 15% versus the general 8 to 10% is we're taking all the owner's risk away. If you'd like less risk, um, you can go with one of the people who charge 8 to 10%. But if you want to know that a company is going to pay you for three years, no matter what, no matter whether the property is occupied or not, we are your best option.
2: Got it. So you do pay them regardless. So even yes. if you do lose that tenant, you pay them regardless.
0: Yes. And we only charge a one-time upfront fee.
2: Got it. And then, does that if you lose a tenant, replace a tenant, and you get higher rents, does your fifteen percent change?
0: Oh the yeah, new rent? absolutely. Okay, so
2: they get what they get based on the beginning, and then if you lose a tenant and replace it, and you get more money, then whatever the extra is, that's yours. Yes. Awesome. Now it, it doesn't
0: always work that we can get like it keeps incrementing up because rent in every area rent doesn't work like that.
2: Some areas it
0: goes up exponentially, and others it kind of just eh, eh,
2: yeah eh. inches yeah.
0: But yeah, there's been plenty of properties that, um, over the years, we ended up making like twenty percent in general, or yep.
1: above. Got it. I like that. That's that's a different a different model on long term management. You know, you can charge a premium for it, but it guarantees them rent. So you do have. You do have risk, like you don't have to come out with money up front, but if you don't fill it, you gotta come out of pocket.
0: Right, and we've come up with some mitigation procedures to, for the most part, make sure that the properties aren't sitting empty. There's outliers always, but like the tenants are required to give 60 days notice.
2: Got it. In their lease,
0: it says that they have to maintain the property to the level that we can show it while it's occupied. And if they don't, they could be legally liable for additional rent. Because the way this work, the only way this works well and stays profitable is if there's not the property's not sitting empty for long periods of time.
2: Yeah, so in, you don't have high turnover cost. Also correct. Yeah,
0: and some and in the some for the most part, when I first take a property on, I require a two year lease. So at least for the first two years, you're good. I'm good.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I can see your um, computer system engineer kind of background, like your head. Even in the terms that you use, you know what I mean? Like there's contingency plans and, and all of that. But it's, it's, it's great because you literally have created, because even on the on the sub-lease model, we know a lot of people that have done sub models, but I've never heard anybody that does it this kind of specific way. Um,
0: I tried to do everything I could to mitigate the risk. There's still risk, but yep. um, to, we've tried to do everything possible to mitigate some of it. Like one of the things we're actually going to implement because we we still have master leases is a neutral third party does the walkthrough at the end because far too often, we have long-term relationships with these people. Far too often they try to um, talk us out of charging them for things that they actually, that are beyond normal wear and tear. If a neutral third party does the walkthroughs, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. All they're there to do is to document the condition of the property and then we'll assess afterwards was mm-hmm. that normal wear and tear or was that excessive?
1: Mm. I like that. And the
0: reason I did that is because the whole skin in the game thing is huge. Because I have skin in the game, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure the person I pick is going to, one, always pay, and two, take excellent care of the property.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're almost like an owner. in yes. a sense. Like you almost have the same interest as the owners. Exactly. Yeah, which is very unique. Cause I, you know, I have a property management business as well. And like, I have the same approach, but being, being an owner, right? Like I have so many units that I feel the same way. Right. So I, I tell my people, like, this is how we, this is how we do it. Um, yeah, but like, that's we, no, yeah. That's not the norm.
0: Sure. Like mm-hmm. if somebody's AC goes out that same day, we take them a portable AC unit, multiple portable AC units, because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's what I would want done if I was in that situation.
1: Same. So. Yeah. So I could hmm. see how that easily translated into you getting into short-term rentals because it's all about hospitality. So why don't you tell us about the first time you, well, you told us about your house and then what was the first time you said, all right, I'm going to take this and do this with somebody else's property on a master lease.
0: So after the, after doing my condo worked out so well, I was like, huh, let me go through our portfolio and figure out which properties would work as short-term rentals because every property that we manage is not going to work.
2: Of course.
0: For, for many reasons. Um, if parking is an issue, if permits are required, permits are a cluster with short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that they put them back. Like it's ugh, ugh, yeah. not preferred. Um, are they well located? Is the property very well maintained and or newer? Um, if it's a ground floor condo, how well is the, are the condos insulated? Like my condos on the top floor. We manage a, a several other condos that are on the ground floor. Out of those three, only one of them can be a short-term rental because it's well insulated and you can't hear the people above you.
2: Mm-hmm. So That's the next level of like kind of thinking what could go wrong, right?
0: I, dude, I don't want anything messing yeah. with my five-star reviews. Yeah. Five stars all the way. So I'm looking for all of the cons. So out of our portfolio, we're not even – we're probably not going to – it's going to be a third maybe that will end up as short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. They have to be easily accessible from multiple major highways. Um, There just can't be any downsides to the property itself or the location.
2: No, for sure. So did you change your compensation model or do they still get whatever – they used to get before like do you still get 15 percent, or now that you do the airbnbs there is more more meat on it so your fee went up to 20 25
0: i have not taken on any new master lease properties since we started this got it we started converting them into short-term rentals so we haven't even we haven't changed anything from the owner's perspective nothing has changed except their properties furnished got it and they know
2: and then did you did you furnish it were you gonna ask that yeah yeah. Did you furnish it or did they furnish it?
0: So I, have, oh, it's actually 13 furnished ones. If I count the one that we haven't furnished, um, we usually furnish them. Got it. The goal going forward from like here onward is to do more co- co-hosting and co-managing with owners who have already furnished it. And it needs to be tweaked to maximize the revenue of the property. Cause a lot of people think that they're, um,
1: Design aesthetic is good. Mm. No, I found it's easier to go the route of vacant properties and
2: refurnish yeah, it we do and have
1: and have them pay to furnish it. Yeah, and basically start fresh because I've it's a difficult conversation. It is. You're amazing with people. You're way better with people than I am. But I'm it's like, hard, that's it's definitely like, not going to work. I hate to break it to you.
0: Things that look great. I think they think look great. I'm like, oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, honey, no.
2: Oh, no, honey.
0: <laughs> oh, honey, no. It's not good. So, that's, that's something I um, definitely want to talk to you guys more about because it is very time consuming for us to furnish them ourselves. Um, but then I get them the way I like them.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the way to go for sure. But when you do it with the management model or the co host model, they pay for the furniture they pay for the contractors to build it out that you supervise and they pay you a uh, design fee. I love that. It's worth your time.
0: I have excellent sources. Like I'm able to furnish the properties excessively cheaply Mm -hmm. because I know where to go to buy the off lease furniture that's completely wood, not mattresses and stuff, but like high end furniture for very little. Mm -hmm. The last house that we did, um, I think I bought about $16,000 worth of furniture for 2300
2: Oh, wow. Wow. And you go, where? <laughs> <laughs> where?
0: He is in your what's, area.
2: What's the address? Let me write this
0: So in your area, this, this is, I think this company is nationwide. There's a company called Court C-O-R-T. Yep. Court Furniture Rentals. They have a clearance center where they sell off-lease items they can help you so much because it's so much cheaper. Mm. And this isn't crappy stuff. They initially buy high, higher end furniture that's going to last. So as long as you're picky when you go through the showroom and make sure you pick the best stuff. Plus, because of COVID, they had a 50% off. So that's how I got the 2300 Like it was 50% off the already clearance prices. Yeah. Also look in your areas for any hotel liquidators. We have a lot here. Mm where they buy hotel furniture I'm not saying go and like make it look like a hotel room. That's not the goal. It's where can I go to buy higher end furniture that will look great and not spend a lot of money.
2: Yeah. That's such a great point.
0: There's also companies that um, when people are displaced because of an insurance issue, like um, their home got destroyed in a fire. We have a company here called uh, corporate rentals. And I'm sure they have companies like this around the country where, um, the insurance company pays for people to live in a house they pay for the vacant house and then this company comes and furnishes it for them they also sell their off-lease off-lease furniture hmm.
2: so there's lots of I've options been, I've been doing this for 10 years right I've never thought about off-lease you know this this is the amazing thing like this is for me very selfishly this is why I want to do the podcast right like <laughs> no matter how long I've been doing this you just bring different people and people just come with their own unique genius, right? Like there's no way, you know, like every person is a little bit different, right? And I think Jeff Hoffman talks about that, right, Mike? When he talks about like cross-pollination, that yeah. you should just go and learn random things so you can kind of kind of break out of your box and see what you don't know. Yeah. 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 Very true.
1: So now <laughs>
0: there's, lots of, there's just lots of places
2: that
1: yeah, you should for always sure. check. That, that was an awesome nugget. So I hope everybody, if you're not driving, write those, write those down. Yeah. Um, well, if you
2: are driving, who cares? Just write it down anyways. No,
1: E. <laughs> <laughs> literally, bro,
2: it's, it's a $14,000 saving. Like you can fix your car. Just write down the notes <laughs> that Jake said and just fix your car and you're fine.
1: We are not advising anybody to drive and listen and write at the same time. Disclosure. Other, anyway. one, one
0: last thing. Other big, big companies that are around the country, Big Lots is your friend. Home Goods.
1: I was going to say Home DJ Goods got to be on there.
0: Marshall's, Ross. Burlington Coat Factory sells home decor.
2: Burlington is money. Like they Lots. have some great stuff. Yeah, we yes. them all the time. I'm fortunate
1: going out of business.
0: There's tons of options there. Just spend as little as possible and make it look as beautiful as possible.
1: Yes. So mm-hmm. now, you've got 70 units, right? In total, 12 of them are short term, and then 58 are long term. Right. We were talking offline, and I really want to kind of pull the onion back on this because I think it's such a huge misconception, and it's going to be super valuable for everybody that the short-term rentals are not only more profitable, but they've actually been more stable for you during COVID. So can you explain that a little bit more? Because everybody just assumes, oh, short-term rentals are super risky and with COVID going on, like you're better off to be in long-term rentals and that has not been the case for you.
0: So one of the things I feel, feel very fortunate about is the fact that we do do both makes it easier to pivot for us because I already have the systems and the infrastructure in place. So we, so most of our properties, I, we rent them via Airbnb. I haven't super diversified into other platforms yet, but that's on the list of things to do. Um, so in April, when everybody canceled, like everybody, I was easily able to pivot and just list the properties as month-to-month rentals, not on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And I was able to get them all re-rented with zero loss of income. That would not have happened with the long-term rentals.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's going on with the long-term rentals? Basically people aren't paying rent.
0: No. So this is the, our business model was not set up to support this. Mm Mm-hmm. Our business model can support a maximum delinquency rate of 15%. Our delinquency rate went to, let me just say, I won't won't say delinquency. Late payments was over 40% in April
2: on the long-term rentals. Ouch.
0: Very ouchy. Yeah. Very ouchy. Um, It's gotten better, but we're still not back. To where we should be and there's a moratorium on filing for eviction
2: mm-hmm. same here
0: so yeah so I you basically have to ride that, that out. all of our properties were furnished because this would not be an issue
1: yeah yeah so the the key is and e and i we talked about this i don't know a couple months ago on how to a lot of folks just kind of threw their hands up who were on airbnb like oh this isn't working because of covid and i was like well you have to be committed and creative. Like you got to adjust your marketing and you just said it. You're like, okay, if Airbnb isn't working on a nightly basis, what if I could get some call it midterm stays, like two weeks to a month or month to month or whatever, and just pivot in that direction with a fully furnished apartment. Boom. There you go. And so, all that
0: took was Zillow, hot pads and Craigslist.
1: That's it. Now that's I
0: it. use this great listing syndicator called Showmojo. Mojo. Hmm. Show Mojo changed my life, guys.
1: <laughs> so can you explain I, I, that? Because I'm not familiar with what that is. Okay.
0: So Show Mojo, you list your, you put your ad on once with the pictures and everything and the videos or the walkthroughs. It posts auto, it automatically to all of the main rental hubs. Mm. And more importantly than that, it manages the leads. So somebody inquires, it sends them an automatic email with a link to schedule a showing without talking to you. Everything without talking to you. The only time that I ever have to talk to people is when I show properties. I do show some of the short-term rentals, the ones that are month-to-month, semi-occasionally, but we have a 3D walkthrough of all of them. So that I can't overemphasize how important that is. Um, having a 3D walkthrough, it doesn't have to be a 3D, it could be a video walkthrough, but having that Will save you so much time and energy. But anyway, ShowMojo is everything. And the more properties you get, the more difficult it is to manage the leads. And it just weeds out people. I have pre-screening criteria where they have to answer three pre-screening questions to make sure they actually qualify to rent the property. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's amazing. Yeah, I've yeah. had them for years and I've been singing their praises for years and love them.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And again, guys, like this is the key, right? Like I, uh, the, the thing that always has amazed me about Jay is, is, is the fact that she figures out how to do what she wants to do with as little effort as possible, right? It's true. That's I mean, true. You know?
0: People are like, you work so hard. I'm like, oh no, guys, I will spend an enormous amount of time thinking yeah. to figure out how to do less work.
2: Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the key, right? Like anytime you want to start a side hustle, is is if you replace yourself by creating more jobs for yourself, you're just creating more work for yourself, right? So if you're able to create something, whatever it is, right? Like you rent your car on Turo or you do Airbnbs or whatever it is, if you can streamline it and systematize it. So obviously we're not all blessed with a computer engineer's brain, but just kind of put your head to it, listen to a lot of podcasts, get the tips and then implement them, right? So if you have a bunch of properties and you have still a full-time job, how can you systematize it in a way that then it gets, so even if you have to go show the property, right? Jay knows that if she's meeting somebody at a property, they're qualified people. So there is no wasting on time because that's one of the biggest problems that I've experienced in real estate is that people waste your time, right? People love to just
1: look. Mm -hmm. look Not
0: thinking, hey, this is my time that I cannot get more of. It's unfortunate, but
1: it's true. Yeah. So what do your systems look like on the short-term rental side to give folks like a general idea? Because when, when we were offline, we were talking about it and you were like, oh, I don't know. You said something to the effect of like, oh, but I have somebody else running it for me. Like it was a bad thing. And I was like, no, that's called a business, Jay. <laughs> that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> so, so on the short-term side, um, our systemization is nowhere near where it is on the long-term side. And that is my biggest challenge right now, is to me, there are some things that are highly logical. And like, for example, when you go into a kitchen, there's a logical silverware drawer. Enlighten me. So (laughs) it has to be very easily accessible. It is usually, it's usually either to the immediate left or the immediate right of the stove. Like they're not, it's not in like a far away drawer. Mm-hmm. It's nearby. Yeah,
2: mine, mine is to the right of the stove.
0: Right. It's
2: nearby.
0: Yeah. But guess what? That is not commonly agreed upon. So for the short-term rentals, so that I don't have to be as directly involved in it, this stuff that I think that's common sense, and everybody knows this, is not. Like, for example, where do the pots and pans go? Where do things go? Like one of my major pet peeves right now is the TV remotes should be near the TV. Not in random places. So in order to fix that, I have to get that framework out of my head and onto paper so that I can give the people who do that for me a checklist. And be like, look, look, here's things that will grind my gears and maybe make me not happy, which is bad for you. Um, The TV remotes need to be here every single house. And also after every single cleaning. Because what I've tried to explain to the people who work on my team is we are building boutique hotels. Every house is a boutique hotel Mm. and we have to run it like a hotel, which means a consistent level of service and a consistent way of setting every house up. Like the tool set has to be in the same place in Mm. every house. The iron has to be in the same place in every house. I have to write that down. And that's okay, because um, it's recently occurred to me, based on other pods and things I'm involved in, the suggestion was given, Jay, why don't you just, instead of sitting down and typing all this, because it's gonna take ages, why don't you just talk it out?
1: Use Zoom. That's what I was
0: gonna Use Zoom, or there's, there's, a, there's services that integrate with Zoom and will automatically transcribe it for you. And I was like, oh shiggy, I need to do that instead of getting salty because people aren't doing it the way that I think they should do it, I can't get upset unless it's documented.
1: If I was going to doc- call you out. I was going to say, <laughs> know, if it's not documented, sorry, Jim. If it's
0: Jay. documented, I have no right to get upset. Mm.
1: Yeah. So we have, what we do is we have like a cleaning manual that our cleaners and then an inspector can use that has pictures and descriptions of where everything sh- needs to be. So to your point, and then I have a master cheat sheet on Google Drive where everything is located. So anybody on my team, whether they're VAs or anything else, somebody has a question, they just search for where are the extra towels? Where's the TV? Like, and it's just all on a spreadsheet. So no matter what property, no matter what state, you can find it on that sheet. Mm.
0: Exactly. And that's where I'm falling behind. That's one of the, that is a downside of working full time doing something else. Yeah. I only have so much time. And that part, which is super critical, I'm falling behind on. But I'm aware of it now. And it's the only path forward. So I'm on it.
2: Love yeah. it, I love it. I mean, it makes sense, right? And then this is the other thing, right? Like, the good thing about realizing is that you realize, right? But how often do you realize things and then don't do anything about it?
0: Oh, no, I have to. In right, situation- Exactly. 100%. We can't, we can't scale if I yeah, don't. Yeah,
2: exactly. And guys, this this podcast, it's so important because she's letting you know exactly what to do to be successful. It's all about like create systems, create them once so that you don't have to create them again, revise them when needed, but create create systems. And then once you create systems, you gain freedom, and then you're free to scale. Right? And
0: this system can control the entire process because our goal here is to create an amazing user experience you can't do that without systems
2: Mm. yeah yeah and the boutique hotel analogy was also very good like me and mike talk about this all the time (laughs)
0: well mike has a boutique hotel so that helps
2: yeah. yeah it's a boutique hotel like you if you realize it and if you think about it from that perspective you're already putting yourself ahead of everybody else that is kind of doing it just to make some extra bucks from the extra room that they have or the in-law suite that they have in the back of the house. Right.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's not the goal at all. Like I want to get to the point where, have you guys heard of Sonder or um, Zeus living? Yes. I want to get to the point where, so we're pivoting. I decided I'm going to switch. I'm going to break off the brands prosperity homes will continue to be long-term and we're going to call the short-term rentals live dwell. You don't just live, you dwell here. Mm-hmm. So um, the important thing will be consistency of service so that when people know, no matter where they are around the country, if they see that it's a live-dwell pop- property, they know they're good.
1: Mm-hmm. They'll be creating the brand around it. Yes. And I will, I will say, I'm, I'm in some other mastermind groups with some, some pretty heavy hitters. And the biggest focus is profitability because so many folks went out and tried to get as many units as possible and they're at 100 200 plus units and then when you really look at the numbers i'm like you're really not that profitable i hate to break it to you so like
0: all that matters
1: exactly like profitability is everything and so when you're building and creating systems my biggest piece of advice is is like you said at the beginning is be very selective with the properties that you take, and put yourself in the mind of who you actually want to travel, uh, who you actually want to attract. We talked about this last week. Setting up the business that you want. So who do you want to serve? Where do they want to be? What amenities do they need? And go after those properties and provide the best experience possible. And then create systems and automation to reduce your overhead, and maximize your profitability. It's that's it in a 30 second spiel.
0: Mike, I can't. I, th- I don't think that can be iterated enough. Nobody gives a shiggity about how many units you have. All that matters is your profitability. I don't care about your revenue. You have to be making money. Yeah. We're not doing this for funsies. None of us are doing this for funsies. There's mm-hmm. other things we can do for funsies. This is about making money. And to make money, providing a high user experience is really important. But so I'm in the middle of what I, what I like to call the culling. The culling means... Initially, I did not do what I'm advising now. Any property that was referred to me, we took it. That has bitten me in the took us so bad, mm-hmm. so bad, so hard. Not a good thing because every property is not a good fit for your image. Every property is not a good fit for your brand. Every, every property is not a good fit for the company you are trying to be. Now, initially it may take you a little bit to figure that out, but figure it out as soon as possible and stick with it. I know what properties we want now. I only want higher end properties period. <laughs> I only want properties within a 30, uh, a 30 mile radius. Mm-hmm. I only want townhouses, single family homes and condos that are on a, a, a top a, a middle or top floor. I do not want ground floor condos. I only want properties that have been built within the last 25 years, not 30 years, preferably 10 to 15. Now, it took me a while to, to work out that profile, but the more thought and the more intention you can put into this in the beginning, it will save you so much money.
2: Mm-hmm. My, my dad has a saying that I've kind of lived by, and that is plan the work and work the plan, mm-hmm. right? And that goes into that. And the other only thing that I wanted to add to what you said is, yes, profitability, right? But it's also profitability with, the, with the looking at what is your time spent on the business, right? Because if you have a bit of profitability, but you're spending a ton of time in the business, I would still argue that that's not a great business, right? The great business becomes when you have high amount of profitability at a low amount of time. Because if not, if not, you can be super profitable, but if you're working like a dog all the time, what is the actual profitability there, right? Because at the same time, the goal, and, and this business is one of the few businesses that allows you to do so, is get yourself out of the business through systems, once again, so that you can maximize profitability, but also the other side of that coin is that you maximize your time. Which and that's makes time more love. profitable.
0: That's what I love about the short-term rentals. From my perspective, they are way easier to scale and leverage than the long-term rentals.
2: And
0: mm-hmm. here's my why. I'm sure other people have different whys. But my why was I was still directly involved in the showings and everything because I'm kind of picking the people that I'm going to have a long-term relationship with. And when I outsourced that and delegated it, we ended up with some crazy people. hmm and yeah. I don't want to work with crazy people. <laughs> so I went back to doing the showings again. But with the short-term rentals, it's even if they're crazy, it's temporary pain. I have to deal with crazy for three months, not three years. Mm-hmm. Totally worth it.
1: Or three days. Or yes, three days. for three days. Yeah, yeah. No, now no, for our
0: bad. properties, a lot of people, the people usually stay a month minimum, the longest we've had is nine months. And that was because of a relocation that went awry. Mm. But yeah, our people are still like, we get a lot of the same people over and over again too.
1: So you, yeah. you're more like, more like E in the winter where it's more like midterm stays. It's not necessarily like short-term, like three to seven days. You're more like a month to three months.
0: Right. I'd say, in fact, I've, I've started to think, should I even call it short-term rentals? Cause we're kind of doing corporate housing.
1: Mm-hmm. because yeah.
0: our, our minimum stay is a week.
1: Okay. Yeah. So. But does, like, is that your policy or is that just what you found is what comes your way?
0: Um, it's easier for us to manage. Okay. I had too many issues in the beginning with um, scheduling the maid service and making sure that everything was at the level that I wanted. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. Because one, there's not enough profitability in our, in our situation to do two to three nights. If you, if you want to stay for two to three nights, it's better you go to a hotel. Okay. Our, our maximum profitability is at, is at a week or longer. It just, okay. makes the whole, it just makes it a lot easier for us to manage. If we were more in a vacation model or vacation area, it'd be completely different.
1: Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. We gotta we gotta compare apples to apples offline because I'm yeah. I'm betting I could squeeze more profitability out of there for you. <laughs> you
0: I'm betting fun.
1: money. I'm betting money on it. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I'm totally open to suggestions. And um, because that's what makes us all better. And
1: exactly, and that's and like E said, that's why I love doing these because everybody. There's no perfect way to run the business, and that's why I love talking to different folks because everybody runs it a little bit differently, and when you get around people that are in your niche that are all striving towards the same goal, you just create, you just find more efficiencies and more profitability and quite frankly, more fun. So yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and we're not competition to each other.
1: No,
2: people, oh, no.
0: Really like, dude,
2: the pie is huge. Exactly. Huge. <laughs> also because, because like the, the other thing that people don't understand when it comes to short term rentals and we touched on this with, with one of our guests is that we're in such a early, you know, the business is what? 10, 12 years old, if you look at Airbnb, Airbnb was founded in 2008. If you looked at the hospitality industry when it comes to like hotels, 12 years from the very first hotel opening, it was probably a mess, right? They had no idea how to, how to do it, right? True. So we are in that learning thing. But the thing that is amazing with, with vacation rentals is that is the learning of the, of the masses, right? So it's not one big corporation. It's not like a Hilton. Mm-hmm. And they're all trying to figure it out. It's all of us as individuals trying to figure out what the best thing is, trying to figure out what works. And then we're all kind of come together. And we're a very open community. Like all Airbnb's hosts that I know, we love to share. Yeah. This one, it doesn't work. We go to big lots. We go to home goods. We buy the coffee from here. We buy the towels from there. We buy this in here, this in there. And literally we're all, at least in my experience, right? I've only met humble hosts. I've never met a host that is like, I'm not listening to you. I do everything perfect. Right? But I feel like that's just the nature of this kind of shared economy. We're all very customer friendly, some more, some less, but we're all mostly customer friendly. Uh, And it just feels good. You know, I just, that's why I love this industry so much.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So Jay, this, was, this has been like massively valuable. The, the last question that we ask every guest, and I'm excited to hear what your answer is, is what is your number one secret for success with short-term rentals?
2: Hmm.
0: My number one secret. I would say focus obsessively on the user experience. How is this going to work for the person who is staying in this house? Is this gonna work for them? Do we actually have enough tissue? Do we have enough toilet paper? Are they gonna have to go out in between and buy more? Like focus obsessively on the user experience and you should be good to go.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love that. And when you provide a good user experience, you attract more repeat guess, which increases your profitability, which incre- makes your landlords more happy, which gives you more referrals for more properties. It's just this, this ecosystem. And we didn't even touch on it, but in your questionnaire, we always ask, what's the best source of property leads for you? And we get all our properties via referral. Is what we do. So, now,
0: going forward, as we start doing more co-hosting, it'll probably be different, but my goal is to keep that percentage up as high as possible. Referrals are your cheapest marketing ever because they're free.
1: And they're your best leads because they're already warm and somebody recommended them to you. That's, that's how we grew our business very quickly. You get good results for somebody, they're going to tell their friends and then their friends and then their friends and then boom, there you go. You're off to the races.
0: Exactly. exactly. You got
1: anything else you want to wrap up?
2: No, I'm just very glad that we that we thought about you and that we in, invited you on because this has been awesome. And And I think what people should be really like inspired by is just like as long as you put your head to it and you try to figure it out and you're very clear with your why which is something that you kind of drop there very very quietly you know but once you have your your clear why behind it and then you can and then you can put your head to it and create the perfect environment for your why to thrive mm-hmm. then life changes
0: it does and I firmly believe that you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. If you want your business to look a certain way and to be a certain way and to have a certain amount of free time, set it up that way. If that's what you want, go for it.
2: Mic drop.
1: Damn, she saved the gold for last.
2: We have to create like a mic drop kind of like animation that we can just (laughs) drop. (laughs) Just like a... (laughs)
1: This was awesome. awesome. Well, thank you again, Jay, for hopping on. It was so good to connect with you. It's been too long. So know, let's man. keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again and we'll talk soon.
0: Absolutely. Have a good yeah, one.
1: Yeah. All right. Hey STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.